This is The Matt Report, the voice of WordPress entrepreneurship. If you're running a WordPress freelance business selling themes, plugins, or client services, this is the place for you. Learn more at mattreport.com and subscribe at mattreport.com slash subscribe. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to The Matt Report, your home uh, for WordPress startup entrepreneurs, designers, developers, people who are running their business using WordPress at the core as a side product, as just a tool to get their business off the ground. Today we're talking to Amori Pinu, of CEO of Blogo. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting conversation coming from the startup world in Brazil, in America, launching a product on the App Store specifically for WordPress. We're going to learn about all the types of things that he's getting into. If this is your first time listening to the show, where the heck have you been? It's the number one WordPress business podcast on the web. Uh, there's only two, so you know I'll take the number one spot. Uh, and you can find out more at mattreport.com, and you can join the mailing list at mattreport.com slash subscribe. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Conductor, conductorplugin.com. It's the simplest way to display your content, uh, especially content from your Blogo app. Uh, on your WordPress site, be it the homepage or any blog archive page. Uh, you can check that out, conductorplugin.com. No code required to build your complex or simple uh, WordPress homepages. So, Maury, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Matt. Uh, you, so you're doing a lot, and we've got a limited amount of time. Uh, but how did you end up building Blogo or building a product around WordPress? Why WordPress and why this app? So uh, I've always been a blogger. I've always wrote a lot of articles, but also all my websites in my life, it was all WordPress based. So it, it wasn't actually a, a coincidence because as a blogger, we always work with WordPress and it was, uh, I was actually a Blogo One user. So Blogo was released in 2008. And at that time I, I was writing for some tech magazines. And I used Blogo to help me out, you know, with the text. So uh, four years later, I just uh, find I was invited to 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 a place to a party to an accelerator party, and I was talking with a guy that introduced him himself as the founder of Blogo. And I said, "Come on, you are the guy that created the software that I used it four years ago." And he said, "Yeah, nice to meet you." And we would start talking, and my question was. Okay, so as a blogger, I really miss this. And why does it, what does it have a blogger tool? Why did it not continue to do that? And he explained to me that he was exactly looking for new co-founders, new partners to start it from scratch, to start a new version. And, and that was exactly the moment that I was looking for. And we started working together. We created a blogger. We started a new team and a new position, uh, positioning a new a new vision about the product, and here we are. So it, it was a user to, to, to founder coincidence. Uh, it was a good story. That's awesome. So just to give the listeners some, some context, you have been uh, helping startups from all the way from angel investing to mentoring and consulting, um, and that's sort of your side. That's, that's your uh, superpower that you're bringing to the table to Blogo. Um, what was Blogo like? What was the, what was the company like, if at all, in existence before you sort of took over the CEO role? In other words, what did you have to do to get Blogo sort of off the ground and up and running again? Uh, you got it. You totally got it. So Blogo was a great product in the past, but 
it was uh, created by an indie company. Uh, it was like two guys creating a very good software, passionate about it. And the, the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm bringing to the team now is it's exactly the, the whole startup background. So uh, having experience with investors, having experience in how to connect with good partners and creating something bigger, I think that was the kind of, of, of uh, adrenaline that the product was needing at that time. Uh, for the past five years, I've, I've helped startups raising money, uh, finding product market fit, uh, creating MVPs and understanding uh, from a customer perspective what is, what is the real problem, the real pain uh, that we need to solve. And when when I started working with the Blogo original founder, Ivan, uh, I totally understand what was the problem at that time. And the problem was it, it was necessary to have someone uh, with not just a product vision, uh, because he has the product vision behind it, but also a biz dev vision, a, a marketing vision. And that's that was exactly the thing that I, uh, uh, I'm good and I own it. So. I decided to join the team and decided uh, to accept that. So I I, I, uh, I invited my other partner, Hena, to be the CDO. And from that time, it was like 12 or 13 months ago, we, we created a very solid team, you know? One amazing guy for product and experience, uh, one amazing IT guy uh, with deep knowledge about, you know, creating codes uh, and creating products for WordPress, and also uh, uh, myself running the business side, so uh, that was the background. That's awesome. The is is Blogo still uh, bootstrapped and organically funded, or have you gone and, and raised some angel to first series of rounds of, of investment? It, it it was it was really important to to not die because of of lack of money, and and uh, a lot of startups suffer from this. Uh, they start a very good idea, but when they, you know, keep going, I mean, uh, from the time that it, it takes to create a product, you need to pay your bills, you need to, uh, some, uh, Ivan, for example, he has a, a beautiful child, so there's a lot of expense on a daily life, and I knew that, and I, the first, the first movement after sign up with Blogo Team was to raise an angel money, an angel investment money. So we raised about 100K dollars, uh, it was uh, just a little bit of money, but it was exactly what we need for the next 12 months. So we could create a product uh, without being worried about, you know, the, the cash flow problem. Mm. And this is this is very basic stuff for startups, in, in my opinion. Um, of course, that I we love the garage thing, you know, the garage thing and, yeah. and bootstrapping. But sometimes you need to have like a six, nine months for product development, for business development. And uh, the angel money really helps uh, in that specific situation. A lot of the listeners uh, and viewers of the Mayor Report are either designers or developers, even marketers in the WordPress space. And they are sort of organically bootstrapping their product, whatever that might be, by doing client services. So during the day, you know, they're freelancers, they're, they're not chained Absolutely. to a sort of a corporate desk, they're, they've got their own business, but they're servicing clients in order to bootstrap their product. Absolutely. Any words of advice for those people who are actually 
having to spend the day to do the work <laughs> uh, to, in, to in, reinvest into their product. Any advice for them? Should they just say, kill off the, the client work and just go get angel investment? Is it that easy? No, it's not that easy. Uh, and I, I, I'm a bootstrap guy and I, I, I totally respect and admire people who, do, who does that. It's, in my opinion, it's very difficult to have two separate lives. The first one, the one that you have the customers, your clients, the service thing. And a lot of people are very good doing that. And, and believe me, a lot of people would pay a lot for, for, <laughs> for, 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 to have employees like this. But there's the kind of dream, the kind of vision that entrepreneurs always want to achieve. And that's when they decide to work on their own project. And the fact is, I really, I really believe that it's necessary to have 100% focus uh, when it's about creating your own company, creating your own business, uh, because there's a lot of things that goes around and a lot of things that will not help you achieving it. So if you don't have uh, the necessary focus, if you don't give them attention, you will not be able to pivot when you face a problem. You will not be able to quickly respond when you face a challenge because you are you, you will probably doing some service for someone. So the problem behind it is that when you have two dogs to watch, uh, probably one will be starving sometime, you know, that's... <laughs> That's the main issue. But I, I totally understand that sometimes it's necessary for you to do that because the initial moment, the MVP thing, I, I mean, uh, to get to talk to investors, to talk to angel investors, it, it, it's always good when you have something to show them. And how can you do that without money? You do that by selling service. So there's a, a trade-off you need to, to always think about. Uh, should I focus 100% on my own company or should I stay uh, low profile, uh, building the product? But come on, don't be afraid of asking money to investors. Don't be afraid to show your idea. Uh, when you have a minimum viable product that really solves a problem, go for them, ask for their money, for their advice. And remember that it's not a one week or one month uh, running thing. It's much more like a marathon. So you need to talk uh, like prior three months prior, six months prior. So the investors could check what your improvements and how you're performing. And that's the main thing behind it. A lot of people think that you just need to go to Angel, show your product, and they will sign a check. Yep. Uh, that's not going to work. Uh, the way it works is by following up, showing results, showing that you are a guy that will be able to to face challenge and and be good doing that. When you first picked up the CEO hat for Blago, did you bring Blago at that current version and sort of show it to an angel investors and they said no, this isn't ready yet? Um, did you have that experience? It, 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 it was it was a, a, a different situation because as as an angel investor, I, I I was really close to the other angels, so. When we decided doing that, I actually invested like 25, 35,000 reais. It was about $20,000. Uh, so we could have like three or four months before showing to the angel investors. So we really run on that so we could create a, uh, an alpha version of Blogo. 
and after four months we had a very good alpha version and I've created uh, I had a very very crazy idea called blogo day so blogo day would be a day full of music good food good people and angel investors so uh, so everyone could see what was blogo at that moment and I invited about 20 angel investors to to a friend's house and we actually create a very good blog experience behind it. So everybody got T-shirts, uh, stickers, and it was all uh, um, all purple because that's the color of blog. And I've started I've started a keynote talking in English and presenting them what was blog about and what are and what was our plans. And at the end of that presentation, I've showed how much money uh, we were asking for them and next day we got four investors so it, it was it was uh, uh, in some way I, 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 underst I, I, I started to understand how the, the angel investors mind was thinking about it you know and and they were thinking about having a good team uh, giving uh, having one 100% focus and uh, and the vision about creating a global product that was the main deal that that made the investors invest on us after that that's an awesome idea I just wrote that down because I could really use a conductor day for my plug-in <laughs> conductor uh, absolutely <laughs> so I I certainly jotted that down one of the things that I find interesting and I talk to a lot of other um, uh, startup folks that are out in Silicon Valley or I'll watch shows like uh, This Week in Startups with Jason Calacanis and WordPress sort of gets like, you know, they look at it and like, yeah, if you're Matt Mullenweg, we'll talk to you about WordPress, but if you're not, you know, WordPress is not really interesting to us. What's your experience talking about WordPress to investors out in Silicon Valley or California or wherever? Uh, is there a sort of a stigma to WordPress and angel investors or investments in general? Yeah, I, I think there's a, a stigma, and I don't, I don't, I don't see that with WordPress, but I see that with uh, blogging. Uh, it's always difficult to talk with angel investors or or VCs when it's about blogging because after social media. The whole blogging thing became a little, a little less popular than it was than it used to be. But what what I always say to them is that probably the word blogging, uh, uh, there's yes, indeed you, uh, it it was a long term uh, a long term word. You know we we have heard of them like 12, 15 years ago, but the content is still the king of all the internet. So when you create very good content, when, when we think about content creators, when you think about all the, all the platforms that are rising now, uh, you, you, you really show them the big picture. And the big picture is that more than 25 or 22% of whole internet are based on WordPress and CMS. And when they face it and they see the numbers, you cannot, you cannot not you just agree with that, you know, because right. there are large numbers, and WordPress is the biggest one, after all. So, uh, I think that angel investors, as as human beings, they always will have their favorite, you know, markets, the preferred types of investment. But there's nothing like good traction. There's nothing like good product, and and nothing like customers 
talking about you. So yeah. when you show that to them, they totally agree with you because they say, okay, probably I don't know so much about their kind of market, but your users are showing me that you have traction, that you can make money, and that this is a big a big market. So yes, that's true, but we, we, we also have those important tools and numbers to show to them. Yeah, I also think, and of course, I'm in WordPress every single day, so I'm, you and I are sort of both biased to this, and I guess everybody listening to this is sort of biased to this, but WordPress mm -hmm. to me is sort of that last uh, safe haven for your content while we spend all this time giving Facebook and Twitter and and um, you know all these other platforms our content for them to monetize a word self-hosted WordPress website with your blog posts on it. It's your content. Right, and unless the, unless the ISP takes it away from you, uh, this this is your stuff. Uh, and to me, that is kind of attractive in today's you know prism-like world where <laughs> there's all Absolutely. this stuff being scraped up from you. You might as well own this content, right? Absolutely. Uh, and that's, at least that's the way I see it. Yeah, and this is one more thing, you know, because social media is good, it's important, and 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 the way that the content is spread over there is amazing, but. When you want people to really uh, uh, give attention to you, when you want people to really focus on what you are writing, there is no such a network that will do that for you. It's all about your content, your text, your blog, your page. So that's that's the main deal for me. You know, having a having a blog, having a WordPress is much more liking. It's much more having your website, having your words there, having your thoughts, and People cannot follow you every day, every moment on your social network, but they can go to your website, see the see the past article that you wrote, and understand what you think about it. So yeah. that's that's the main deal for me. Yeah. Uh, so what I've heard so far from launching a product is even if you are that person who's sort of freelancing and or and bootstrapping your product by doing client services, you can still manage to get by and build an MVP, make the right connections with somebody. Uh, like an investor or maybe even a partner uh, to help uh, elevate or, or uh, escalate your growth. You, uh, during the pre-interview with Lisa, you talked about partnering with Evernote. How did that come about? How did you make that connection with such a, such a prominent partner? So when, when we started uh, creating Blogo, we were like passionate about the product and we started to to interview and to interact with our users, we released a beta program uh, and we started to together like 50, 100, 200%, 200 users, I mean. And as, as doing customer development, we always try to be some kind of anthropologist. So we try to be hidden, you know, like behind them, seeing them how they use it. And a lot of users, not just one or two, but a lot of them, use it Evernote as uh, their second brain actually as a vault as a note-taking app but not just a note-taking app but also as a draft repository so they were using Evernote to take ideas to take note of ideas to to when they they are they saw something that it was that that inspired them they just you know use the smartphone and they unlock everything and then started to write that right away on Evernote. And I was an Evernote user too. Uh, I'm the kind of user that has like 55 notebooks and more than 5,000 <laughs> notes. 
and I, I wasn't using Evernote for my blogging purpose. And when I saw this, I, I, I just realized, come on, where I'm using it? And, and it was just having the ideas inside my head and, 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 and trying to, to hold it until I get to my computer. And that wasn't a very good idea because I always lost information doing that. So we decided to to use Evernote as as one of the one of the main stages of a blogging uh, uh, workflow that's collecting ideas. So we we realized that there are a lot of stage uh, prior to publishing the the article, publishing some something to the web. And the first stage is about collecting ideas, brainstorming, uh, uh, looking for information that you already collected in the past. And Evernote is all about that. So that was uh, uh, it was because of the users that we integrated with them. And when we, we tried to show to the Evernote guys what we were creating, they were amazed. And they say, whoa, we really love that because our users our bloggers, we do have uh, hundreds of thousands of users that has WordPress websites, and it would be amazing if you could talk to us more deeply about how the integration would work, because we really want to help you guys doing that, and that was the basic stuff behind it. That's awesome. One of the first plugins we actually ever developed at our studio, I don't even remember, four years ago now, was when uh, Evernote made their affiliate program active, and we had built a plugin for that and for saving uh, the Evernote button. But back then, Evernote was a totally different company. Uh, probably It's probably 100x more valuable than it was back then. So did you just email them and say, hey, check this out? Or did you have like sort of an inside scoop to, to get to somebody to get, get their attention? Yes, it, it, it wasn't a, a cold email at all. We, uh, we just, I, I, we attended on TechCrunch last year here mm -hmm. in San Francisco. So we were there showing our products, and there was a time that a guy called Needleman was passing, follow him, and always follow his tweet, his tweets and blogs about entrepreneurship, about startups. And I just grab his hand and I say, Rafa, you need to come to our booth. You need to see what we are creating here. And he just came and we started talking. And then I saw that he was an Evernote employee. And I asked him, come on, so do you work for Evernote? We really want to talk to you guys. And together with like four or five Brazilians, entrepreneurs from Brazil, we visit Evernote headquarters. So it was... Uh, much more a fan connection, a user connection, than a, a business partnership one. And then we start to, to, to get more close, you know, to, we get connected. And after doing that, we have, we've always tried to help Evernote in Brazil. We've always invited them to go to Brazil to visit our workspace. And the next time they were there, we showed Blogo. So it all started as a user thing. It all started as a fan. Uh, but we, we, in some way, we, we, we escalated that level of partnership. But it, it wasn't a cold email, but I'm pretty sure, and I can tell you for all the people that are listening to your show, that if you send an email to Evernote partners, they will definitely show you the roadmaps uh, to be connected with them. They are really open to developers. They are really open with, the, with their API support. 
can approve, uh, and you can see that as the many products that has Evernote connection, and they really support that, and they believe that creating a very good relationship with developers, the product will be bigger, will be you know more connected, and that's the real thing. You know, Evernote is is really well connected. Yesterday I went to the Apple Store uh, to to see the product and to you know uh, uh, to to see a couple of different things, and I. I've noticed that more than 40% of all products in the walls has the Evernote logo with, with the sign works with Evernote. And then I saw, come on, they created so so much connected product, you know, that even uh, special pens, uh, handwriting tools are connected with Evernote now. So it was I was amazed by that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I love about th about this story was that you're sort of not afraid to make those connections. Right? You can be on the floor of TechCrunch, disrupt, and say, hey, come over here and check out my booth because you know you have to make it happen. right? You yes. can't just sit there and hope that people are going to stroll on by and they'll grab your card and maybe you'll talk to them again. Yeah. No, you're out there, you're making the connection, you're pulling them back in. The second thing is, is you're, you're making these connections for other partnerships, but you're bringing value to the table. So it's like, I can help you down in Brazil Here's some inside information that might help, and here's how I can get you connected Absolutely. with people out there. That's so important because I get cold emails all the time. Lisa and I were just talking about this prior to the show. So I get emails all the time like, can you promote me? Can you do this for me? End of conversation. It's like, dude, what are you going to do for me? Right? Like, I can help you, but what are you going to do to help me? Like, let's make it a two-way street. Uh, so that's awesome. That's great. Uh, you know, one of the... One of the things that I'm also interested in knowing um, about your entrepreneur and startup um, experience is what's it what's the difference between sort of U.S. entrepreneurship, startup, Silicon Valley versus international and maybe specifically in Brazil? Like HBO has Silicon Valley show. Is it really that fun and exciting, or is it harder than than it looks? And what's the differences between uh, us and maybe international? Okay, so uh, uh, just to to give you a, an idea of uh, of I, I totally got you mean people sending you in mails about uh, asking favors and I have uh, one quote to share with you guys. Uh, I, I received an email from a guy that I really respect and admire. It's called Hitam Shah. He's the co-founder of uh, 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 Oh my gosh, uh, the name is Kissmetrics and Kissmetrics Crazy Egg. Yeah. yeah, and he's also a, a, an advisor of WordPress. And from the first mail that I got from him, there, there was a tagline saying, you get all you want in life if you help enough people, enough other people get what they want. This is a Zig Ziglar uh, quote, and this actually means a lot for me. And, and probably that was the, the thing that you've mentioned. When you try to to help somebody, when you try to help someone to achieve that, and they will try to make the same for you, and so that that's a good thing for people that just you know flood you with all asking emails. So come on, guys, try to add some value behind it, you know. And about Brazil and and, and the United States, there's a huge gap between the the startup scene that we have there and and the whole ecosystem that I can see now in, in San Francisco. So first of all, 
that we don't have that amount of money on the table. And this is this is really strong and probably one of the main uh, the main points of, uh, about our ecosystem because we do love to copy to to copy and paste what we see here in the United States. That's that what happens around the world. So we see apps like Instagram and Snapchat, Facebook, Google, all the things that we know, and we try to do the same in Brazil. And we also use the same excuse. For example, we don't need to monetize now because we'll have one billion users <laughs> and we'll get a lot of money doing that, you know? But the reality is that we don't have uh, that kind of money in Brazil. So even if you have 50,000 users, 100 users, you will starve to die because you're not getting any money because angel investors or VCs in Brazil they don't have the same amount of money to give that to you so you can stay like one, two, three years trying to find a product market fit. So the main reality would be for Brazilian companies that it needs to make money from day one. It needs to be profitable. It needs to be uh, something focused on Brazilian market and not just creating something that is cool, but it doesn't solve anyone's problem. And this is this is not a, a, a critic about the Brazilian entrepreneurs ecosystem. This is not a complaint about it. This is just a fact that we are like three or four or five years behind uh, the maturity of our ecosystem. And this is totally normal. Uh, there are a lot of companies that are doing very well, a lot of companies that raise a lot of money, but we do have tons of entrepreneurs they are looking for uh, the opportunity to create their own business. And we do have some very good uh, uh, initiatives from the government. For example, we have uh, uh, the most famous one is called Startup Brazil. And it's run by a guy that I really admire called Felipe Matos. He's one of the best startup guys in Brazil. He's doing that for the past 10 years. And the, product, the program, Startup Brazil, gives 200,000 reais, it's, it's about $100,000, to every company, to 40 companies each semester, uh, so they could join Accelerator and then uh, creating the product and then pay the, their team salaries, um, survive for at least 12 months, so the product gets a little more uh, grown up. And that's the kind of, of, of support that we have there that is important because we do love startups. We do love lean startups. We know how to build, measure, and learn. We want to create our MVPs. We know all this. But the fact that you don't have enough money to keep you away from service, to keep you away from doing business uh, uh, that is not your main focus, doesn't help doesn't help at all uh, the ecosystem and the money that uh, those separate programs are given to the entrepreneurs and there's not there, there's no one or two probably like four or five programs that gives money to entrepreneurs without equity this is really important to mention uh, some of them are, uh, give, really gives you money without equity some of them ask for equity partnership and this is really important for so people can can build their teams, create their ideas, and validate uh, what they're trying to do. So 
we, we do have a lot of difference uh, and still San Francisco and the United States are, are the, 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 the Disneyland of entrepreneurs but uh, for all the Brazilians and all the people that lives outside here I would recommend to try to create something with traction try to create something based on reality and not just copying and don't, don't create just like copycat things you know uh, work for your your own business model and try to do that inside your country because you especially in Brazil we have so much we have a big market over there you know so that that that's the main difference between two countries that's a great analysis great breakdown one of the things that you continuously repeat here in this interview is you have to start selling your product you have to start making money from day one and I think a lot of that co copycat syndrome that you talked about happens right here in the typical WordPress space where the, the designer is out there and he's saying you know what I he or she is saying I want to launch my own WordPress theme and I'm gonna sell it for 40 bucks and I'm gonna make millions like you know some of the seven-figure theme forest people are making uh, and they just you know put out their product and it's 40 bucks and they could never make money fast enough to, to just quit the day job right uh, the day job of freelancing uh, and I yes. get contact forms all the time from these folks and I say partner with another theme shop like right off the bat mm -hmm. just why like get some equity in that theme or the theme sales and just go partner with the shop because they've already been doing it they've already built a list you don't understand how long it's going to take you to build a list and recurring revenue that's going to support this I mean unless you just built something so amazing that it just starts flying off the shelves and that's you know one out of a million right for that to happen yeah. what what I always try to 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 emphasize with entrepreneurs is sometimes it's difficult when you don't have a very specific niche so it's always good to have a niche. So if, if you are developing a new team, if you're developing a new plugin, try to see from the user's perspective, so who has that kind of problem? And are they, are it, is it easy to find solutions for that problem? Or you're creating a, a, a totally brand new solution for, for that user. So what I mean is, it's, it's easier if you find a niche, if you specific because you'll be able to talk more deeply with that kind of user and you will be able to understand the real problem behind it so when we started global uh, there's a lot of people that always talk to us come on go to the content management system battle you know uh, talk about how you can manage websites you know and install plugins and do a lot of crazy stuff and I say yeah I, I know that the bigger picture it's all about you know supporting all CMS and and creating a, a a published tool and not a blogger tool. But when I'm talking to bloggers, when I see that nobody are uh, actually are creating a tool for them, you know, like we are, so we have a niche, we have passion, we have people that actually make their own money from that. So we understood that and and, uh, and and it's much more easier to talk to them than just create a tool for everyone yeah. so instead of creating something for everyone instead of creating something that will not solve people's problem try to find a specific niche and work on that because they will follow you they will support you they will see that you are creating something for them and when they got when they get that identification it cannot be broken you know, even if someone releases a new app or a new solution, because you are connected, and and that's the the main thing that I, I always try to pursue. 
I want to, uh, we're going over time, but to heck with time, right? Because this is such an awesome conversation, right? I know Lisa's in the background saying, no, we have to stick to 35 minutes. That's what you wanted, but sorry, Lisa. Um, one of the things that you brought up is you know that these bloggers are, they're making a living blogging. They're charging folks to, you know, maybe ghost blog on their sites or, uh, you know, they're doing content creation for folks and they might be using Blogo to connect to WordPress sites and creating those blog posts. How did you end up with your price point? And I don't want to mess this up. I think I paid 15 bucks for the app uh, when I bought it in the app store. How did yes. you arrive at that price? Did you look at maybe, did some market research to see how much uh, ghost bloggers are getting per blog post and you kind of did some kind of value research? How did you end up at your price? So it, it, it was a mix of, of some different things. So the first of all, um, Blogo One uh, cost $25. So we tried to be on the same uh, price range that we were using before. The second thing was about our competitors. So we do have a lot of competitors and, and some of them are really, really cool. Uh, our, our benchmark for when we started Blogo was, is a software called Mars Edit. And he's created by a, a, a very, very funny and, and respect guy, uh, Daniel Jalkut, and they charge $39. And now, so there's a lot of good markdown editors like Ulysses and Bywords that actually works with the same price range, like $15, $25, What we try to create here is a, a Mac premium, uh, it's a premium Mac app. And by, in meaning by premium, and meaning that's a niche product, we do have to charge a little bit more so we can have focus on, on, on that specific segment. When you are focusing, when, when you are trying to, 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 to work with a specific segment of users, it means that you will not have a lot of thousands of users. So you, you naturally, you need to, to be more... Uh, premium and charge a little bit because you are doing that specific uh, for that user. So it was 30 bucks, uh, $30. It was uh, the price range we found to be uh, good enough, not so expensive. So people would buy it and, and come on, it's not a subscription model. So once you buy it, you have it forever. So it's not the kind of thing that you pay like $30 every month. It's just once. And we release that on the Mac App Store with a 50% discount. So uh, until the end of Evernote conference, we'll still doing 50% off. So that was uh, uh, a good solution for all the Blogo One users that were supporting us for all the beta users that were looking for our product. So we released with 50% off. You bought it with with the discount also, and we really we really believe that that's a good good price for uh, a product that will be your all-in-one tool, your all-in-one Swiss knife, and that works. You know, thirty dollars. It's a yeah. good, it's a good price. So uh, I just want to make sure I got the strategy down correctly. You, you when you launched it, it was thirty dollars in the App Store. Then when the Evernote conference came along, you offered the fifty percent off. Are uh, you going to continue the 50% off or are you going to let it go back to sort of the retail rate of 30% or sorry, $30? Yeah, we, we, we actually release with, with the 50% off. Okay. And we have did that to, to all the beta users and, and all the old Blogo One users. 
it was supposed to stop it uh, until we received the Evernote conference nominee uh, news about uh, that we were going to be pitching on Evernote conference. So we we had a little bit talking, we had a meeting, and we decided to keep doing the 50% off until the end of the conference. And why? Because it, it is really helping us spread the program. It really helping us to 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 find more users. And also, we really believe that if we are getting a lot of success, you, I I mean, going to Evernote, going to TechCrunch, uh, being featured by Apple. That's because it's working. So if it's really working, we should keep it. And probably until the end of the conference, that will be the price, $15.49. Very nice. Very nice. So it will remain at that price. Yes, until until the end of the conference, oh, yes. So you have, you have uh, all the users have about 10 or 12 days to do that. But, of course, that's... This will be something that we will be always trying to do, you know. Uh, imagine that we release a new version of the software and there's a important event like Blogo one year after release, you know, like Blogo anniversary. Of course, we'll try to create something for the users and we'll be offering uh, another discount. Probably not the 50% off, but something like 30% or, or, or an idea between 30 and 25%. That's awesome. Well, I got one last question before we wrap up. Uh, I noticed that you know you, you mentioned things like you want to be premium. You know, looking at your website versus some of the competition, your website looks gorgeous compared to to others. Uh, one thing that made it really easy for me to connect with you is you have a press kit that I can download and I can get all the details there. Does this come from the experience of working with other startups in the past, or do you have a focus on design like? How did you how did you know that design has to be super polished and things like press kits have to be better or available? How did you get to this point? Yeah, it's uh, we have a very good team behind the product and uh, Ivan. Ivan is the original founder of Blog, and he's such a design focused guy. His name is Ivan, and and I always I always joke with him, call his Johnny Ivan. <laughs> with, with NNR because he, he loves you know those uh, elliptical forms he loves to create a Apple products and he he's the guy that thinks about uh, uh, less is more he's he's such an Apple uh, fan of Apple you know and, and all the culture behind it also Giselle is our community manager and also a beautiful girl and she knows a lot about, you know, copywriting. She knows a lot about writing stuff, writing good stuff. She was a blogger in the past. And together, Yvonne and Giselle and I, we, 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 we have that marketing vision that creates, that, that always uh, uh, aim to be good design, to be direct information, to be straightforward, and also to offer exactly what kind of information that you need when you need it. So there's not about putting everything in one place, but about putting the right things when you need it. And that's all about Blogo, and that's all about uh, what Ivan's mind behind and Giselle also. Uh, so for, for, for my perspective, I, I'm, I'm just the biz dev and the CEO, and Henan is always the CEO. We are the guys that give... You know, we, we trust so much on our team. So Hernando does, a, does a, a very good job doing the technical stuff. I, I try to do a very good job 
on the business side and marketing stuff. But Gisele and Ivan, they are like crazy guys about design, about creating good experience. So uh, we really trust on our team. Yeah, that's 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 great. That's that's awesome advice, and obviously it's working out. It's working out really well. Okay, fine. One last, one final question. <laughs> I'm here. What's what is the future for the product? What is your next step um, as the CEO, bringing the product forward? Uh, that's that's a good question. Uh, I always joke with my friends that. When you when you when you want to face uh, when you want to when you when you go to a meeting face to face to entrepreneur, you keep them you, you allow him to keep talking and you know keep doing the, the good question. But when you when you want to take this when you want to really go deep, you ask what's next. Yeah. And for Blogo, uh, the next step will be so we need to. Uh, localize our software for all the language that are downloading Blogo now. So we do have a lot of users from Germany. We do have a lot of users in Brazil. So we need to translate our software to them. Uh, the second would be creating an iPad version of Blogo because we really understand that the blogger, uh, the content creator, use the desktop to create things. But they also use the iPad, the iOS, the Android to keep updated to answer comments, to see the numbers after publishing it. So we really want to create the, the port portable version of Blogo, the iPad, the iOS, the Android, and so. After that, uh, we do need to support more platforms. Uh, for example, Squarespace, Ghost, Ghost, and Tumblr, and Blogger, for example. There's a lot of content creators that, that have for personal website and also a WordPress for making business. So we do want to allow them to connect all logs. Uh, our vision behind blogs is you, you will not need to use the browser again. So we just need one software so you can manage everything. We even we even make fun of it, you know, one, web, one app to rule them all, just like the... the, the the ring itself yep. uh, from from the from the movies, but yep. uh, what what we really believe of of next steps would be uh, going to other countries, translate the software, creating the iPad and iOS version, um, connecting with more platforms, and for sure uh, creating a Yosemite ready version, so people that will be able to use Yosemite, Yosemite I'm sorry. Uh, they will be able to have a 100% compatible software with that, and and that's that's the the, the main picture behind it. I, I think we we do have like six to 12 months of roadmap, a lot of bugs to fix. We we know that there's a lot of things to do in the software. It's it's doing very well, but we do have a lot of things to do, and just like we did with Evernote. We do are creating new partnerships with tools and services that all content creators use. For example, buffer integration, uh, get image integration, and all the, the basic stuff that a content creator needs to manage his blog. So we are creating very good ideas. So in the future, or maybe two years, we're going to be also uh, providing the users a way to create a WordPress blog from scratch after installing Blogo. So, for example, imagine like in two years or one year and a half, you download Blogo because you really feel that's the best way to manage everything, to write posts. And 
we're gonna ask you, so what do you wanna do? You want to connect with your already existing WordPress or you wanna create one from scratch? And you'll be able to create that from global. So we want to create a, um, how can I say, a one-stop shop for content creators. It, and in that tool, it will be all available for you to start writing because we really believe that the, what, what content creators love is writing, having ideas, sharing ideas, and receiving feedbacks and not wasting time in infrastructure, buying domains and doing all the crazy stuff and technical stuff that people need to do. They want to, to be creative. They want to have more time. They want to have a coffee and writing good things. You know, that's exactly the, the, the dream that I have. Absolutely. Listen, that was answered by, you know, the perfect CEO biz dev answer. It went seven and a half minutes, right? And I probably would have answered the same way as you, full of passion, full of vision. Uh, it's awesome stuff. Amori, this has been an amazing interview. The product is awesome. I love it. I use it. Uh, where can folks find you on the web to check it out, to buy it, to pay full price for it? Let us know. Perfect, man. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Uh, and thank you. And I, I'm so sorry for uh, not having the perfect English here. I'm a Brazilian guy. I'm trying to improve that also. But come on, it was a great time. You, you guys are are perfect. You know, I, I really enjoyed uh, spending time with you. Thank you, Matt, and thank you, Lisa, also. Uh, the whole team behind Mad Report. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you folks, you can go ahead and check out this product. You can search for it in the App Store and uh, iTunes. Go ahead and type in probably just Blogo and it'll show up, little pencil icon. Uh, getblogo.com, you can get that. Where, are you on Twitter as well? Can folks find you on Twitter to follow you? Yes, getblogo. That's awesome. Go ahead and check out getblogo. Again, amazing interview, great advice for startups and entrepreneurs. Uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough, folks. Uh, this show brought to you by Conductor Plugin. Go ahead and check out conductorplugin.com for all of your non-coding ability to display all the content that you're creating in Blago, putting on your WordPress site, go ahead and check that out, conductorplugin.com. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you.